Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From WNYC Studios, I'm Brian Lehrer. This is my Daily Politics Podcast. It's Thursday, November 17th. This weekend begins soccer's biggest moment that only comes around every few years globally, the World Cup Soccer Tournament. But folks, this is not a sports story. This is a human rights and bigotry story that also comes with a challenge and a dilemma for all of us, including me, who like to watch the games. Here's the story. The 2022 FIFA Men's World Cup, as it's known, which begins this Sunday in Qatar, has been years in the making. For soccer fans, it'll be an unusual one. Intense summer heat in the Gulf state nation means that this year's competition had to be scheduled for here in late autumn in the middle of many domestic leagues seasons in the countries that send teams to the tournament. And more importantly, this World Cup has been mired in controversy If you haven't followed this over the last few years, over FIFA's decision to award the games to Qatar at all with its very questionable human rights record, including as it relates directly to the games, to the exploitation, even reportedly thousands of deaths of migrant workers building the infrastructure to accommodate the tournament. So the question is, will you watch the Qatar World Cup? And football fans, soccer fans, does it deserve your fandom this year amid the controversy? For a history of this Cutter World Cup and an overview of its humanitarian morass, I'm joined now by Dan Friedman, writer, digital consultant, and former executive editor of The Forward. Dan offers an answer for himself to one of those questions in an opinion essay titled, Why I'm Boycotting the World Cup in Cutter, and So Should You. That's in Howler magazine an online publication that features stories about soccer. Hi, Dan. Welcome to WNYC. Glad you could join us. Hi, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. So let's start at the beginning. How did Qatar, a country with little prominence in the footballing world, come to host the game's biggest competition? Well, uh, in short, we're not quite sure. There have been many allegations of bribery, but no direct smoking gun has ever been shown. What we do know, and and some of your listeners will have heard Alex Capstick of the BBC reporting on it a few moments earlier, is that the FIFA structure was ripe for abuse. So of the 24 people on the executive committee voting for it, two were banned from voting on the bids before the World Cup bids because of corruption. And of the rest, about two thirds were arrested or banned from football for corruption over the following five years. And that includes um, Mohammed bin Hammam, the Qatari, who is the president of the Asian Football Confederation. Um, uh, and, and we know that Qatar, uh, Qatar is, is extremely wealthy and they um, bought Paris Saint-Germain, France's best soccer team. And that's important for two reasons. First of all, Qatar committed to invest in France, which is why there are allegations, including by the disgraced former president of FIFA, Sepp Blatter, that President Sarkozy, now also convicted of corruption in a separate case, lobbied for the World Cup before, as Blatter puts it, uh, Qatar buying fighter jets from the French for $14.6 billion. Uh, And well, and we'll come to the second reason in a bit later, I think. So allegations on this first reason of outright bribery and corruption, that the World Cup was secured for Qatar through illicit means, 
but not quite proven, is what I think I hear you saying. Yes, that's exactly right. And and part of the problem is the, the FIFA system. So part of the um, real disappointment for my part and disgrace, I think, for many people around the world is uh, Qatar's involvement in this. The other thing is that is FIFA's terrible handling of it, because um, one of the things that's become evident is that many of the people at the top of the football world were taking bribes uh, and were corrupt in, in a pretty straightforward way. And before we get to the even bigger human rights issues, just by way of background, why was Qatar interested in hosting these games? What have officials within the country made public about its motives? Well, so they argue that they are extremely uh, excited about soccer and they have um, had uh, they have hosted a um, uh, a soccer sports network. Uh, the B in Sports is uh, is their uh, network and has shown a lot of soccer games. But I, I think it's a pretty clear um, uh, um, instance of sports washing. So where you put on a sporting event to project a friendly public image, despite your actual behaviour. So uh, Qatar has wealth from oil and gas, but it's a tiny country very close to Iran, both geographically and economically. And it has trouble um, actually distancing itself from Iran because they, the two countries share the world's largest natural gas field. So uh, that, that's why it won't, for example, join the Abraham Accords like its neighbors in Bahrain or the UAE. Um, so how does it show that it should be allowed into the community of nations and that it's a, a wonderful place? Well, it, it buys into the beautiful game. In your article, you write, it has taken more than 6,000 unnecessary deaths to make the FIFA Cutter World Cup, and that's a step too far. 6,000 unnecessary deaths. Who died and how well is that number documented? Right. So this is this is a, an important question, and uh, and it's one where there's not a clear answer, partly because um, of some of the problems that uh, that I'll outline. So uh, what we do know is that the people who are building the World Cup and the massive infrastructure that's necessary to hold the World Cup are almost exclusively migrant workers in Qatar um, under the kafala system, uh, the sponsorship system. And there's a huge number, there's hundreds of thousands of these people uh, who are over there. And um, in so the, the 6,000 number comes from a, a Guardian report uh, in February last year that talked about uh, people from uh, Nepal, uh, Pakistan, Bangladesh, hang a second, what is it? Uh, India, Bangladesh, Nepal, Sri Lanka, uh, and Pakistan. Uh, those That's the 6,000 number. That Those countries had managed to find out that their co-nationals had died in those numbers. The There are banners on German sports stadium that are holding up the number of 15,000 because those are the total number of migrant workers that have died over the past decade in building projects in Qatar. Uh, and the other number that's being thrown around is 37, which is the number of people who have died in accidents actually building the specific stadiums. So we don't have great numbers from Qatar because the country is uh, invested in us not knowing particularly about that. 
Um, but somewhere between 37 and 15,000, <laughs> we know that people have died putting together this World Cup. And and if just to go back to the Willets point, the uh, New York City Football Club Stadium, if even one person were to die in the building of that stadium, I think, and please, God forbid that that should happen, I think that, that the construction would be halted immediately and massive questions would be asked. So even if it's only 37, not 6,000 or 15,000, I think we have to ask how many people have to die for this to be a bloody World Cup that should be boycotted. And tell us about the potential risks for women and LGBTQ fans traveling to Qatar. What are those concerns and how have FIFA and Qatar addressed them? Right. So um, in Qatar, it's illegal to be gay or to be any form of LGBTQ. Uh, and uh, the organizers have said that it's OK, come over, we'll be really nice and understanding and it'll be fine. But as um, sports journalists have written, we don't actually know. There's not really any evidence that it will be fine. What we do know is that people have been imprisoned and tortured for um, for being accused of homosexual acts. Um, we know that um, there is a, a well-documented history of gay bashing, that if people of the same sex are holding hands in public, that they are liable to be attacked. And we just don't know whether that is going to be the case if people visit Qatar for the World Cup. And and really, like we shouldn't have to ask the question, will it be safe for a major sporting event like this? The really uh, one of the reasons that FIFA says that it will give these uh, tournaments out to uh, different countries is to try and promote change uh, and to try and make them a better, more tolerant place. But that simply has not happened here in terms of LGBTQ rights in Qatar. Um, and the kafala system, which um, which I mentioned earlier, has been nominally reformed, but only in 2020. And uh, many of the different problems with that system still endure. Uh, and I can tell you more about that if you want to be more depressed. <laughs> Uh, make me a little more depressed. Then we're going to take some phone calls. Our board is full. You know, obviously in New York, we have listeners who originally come from all over the world. That's one of the reasons soccer is so big and growing here. And people are so excited about the new stadium in Queens, etc. Um, so our board is jammed with callers who want to weigh in on this or ask you things. But yeah, go ahead and make us a little more depressed before we go to those calls. A little more depressed. So, so the 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 reason that the kafala system is very bad is um because migrant workers who come over from mostly the indian subcontinent to work are um at, totally at the mercy of their sponsors who are in almost all cases private construction businesses uh, and what this means is that they're exploited that they are um out in the Qatar heat uh, and exposed to terrible uh, temperatures in ways that would be unthinkable in this country. Um, they are uh, they they have a lack of health care. There's um, extremely stringent ways in which they have to ask permission to go to the doctor, and often they don't have access to health care, which is a long way away from where they live. 
there are lack of rules and regulations about the safety in the construction. There's lack of information, you know, so transparency about how they're working. They have terrible living conditions because the places that they live are uh, are just put together very cheaply uh, and and uh, to, to make as much profit for these private construction companies as possible. There's a, a famous case of Mohammed Shahid Mia from Bangladesh who died when flood water in his room. So the room was so badly constructed that it was flooded. And then it was so badly constructed that um, there was an exposed electric cable, which then killed him. And that's why But it only takes these dramatic events for us to find out about these um, terrible uh, situations that they're in. So he, he's someone who actually died of, uh, of these um uh bad conditions but there are people you know we we just don't know about the thousands of people who have um extreme health conditions from them who have suffered from them but don't have um extreme health conditions from them so it's uh it's a a, a difficult situation jean david in manhattan you're on wnyc hello jean david good morning brian uh, so I'm French, so we are the defending champion. So obviously, yeah, how to get watch. that in there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are the world champion. All right, and uh, so yeah, I'm ashamed to say that you know I'm gonna watch. I know there's been you know a lot of controversy and they build a stadium, which by the way will be assembled after the World Cup. I believe they are air conditioning. So it's like it's a massive waste of uh, energy. And, uh, but, you know, the, the World Cup should be a war to country who have, who are a soccer fan, you know. And, uh, you know, I don't say that every time should be in Europe, but, you know, country where uh, soccer is part of the DNA. And, uh, but yeah, I, and then also, I don't think anybody, not a lot of people will go to Qatar to watch the game person because it's, it's so far it's uh, it's costly and uh, so uh, but at the end of the day yes we you know anybody will tell you oh I'm so I'm not gonna watch it if you're European you're gonna watch it in secret or you know you're gonna lie about it but <laughs> Jean David thank you congratulations on the championship in the last round <laughs> and also on your candor and, you know, I've been asking myself this question, and I'm sure a lot of people have as they come upon your article and other calls to boycott the games, even with their eyes on television, like, yeah, this is really deserving of a boycott. But when I'm sitting in my living room and the game is on, the matches are on, and I don't, it's not going to change anything if I watch or if I don't, am I going to be able to resist? What do you say to those people? So, so one of the reasons that I wrote the piece um, was because I felt as if there had been a conversation in Europe uh, about the ongoing disaster of FIFA's granting of the World Cup to Qatar. Uh, and I felt that there hadn't really been that conversation in America. And I wanted to really put everything into one place so that people could understand what was what had gone on over the past 12 years, uh, why uh, Qatar is not a particularly uh, good candidate for uh, a World Cup final. And so that if people were like Jean-David and, uh, and many, many of my friends watching the World Cup, that they will at least understand 
that there are things that they can do and should do and be aware of uh, about this World Cup that make it not just a glorious celebration of the beautiful game, but also an exploitation of migrant labor, a betrayal of um, uh, women's rights and LGBTQ rights. Uh, and um, and to be honest, you know, I do a lot of work for uh, Dayenu, a Jewish call to climate action. And so granting this particular uh, event to a massive fossil fuel nation uh, while we're suffering from the extreme weather conditions caused by climate change just seems also a, a retrograde step by a major international sporting organization. And, you know, and we have other questions coming in from callers and on Twitter saying, well, yeah, this is horrible, everything that's been documented about Qatar, but there are so many other human rights abuses in the world, too. The Olympics were held in China, and we didn't boycott that. Somebody else is tweeting at us. Um, where'd it go? Uh, da, 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 da. What if folks abroad complained about extrajudicial killings in America? Hashtag Michael Brown, hashtag George Floyd. So what do you say to any of those people? So... I, I mean, I, I have a great deal of sympathy for all of those people. I think that there is, the question really is, where do you draw the line? And um, I, I think that if we can shine a light on all these um, unethical and uh, human rights abuses, I think that's a great thing. I think for me, really, though, there was no justification for this particular event being held in Qatar, right? So the Olympics, even even the uh, World Cup, the Olympics in China or in Russia, or even the World Cup in Russia, um, just to go back to Jean David's point before, you know, they were held in places that had a sporting history and had a certain claim to those events, right? Whether they had human rights abuses or not, and they do. Um, uh, and what I would say is that, you know, Qatar, Qatar is a desert peninsula, just touch smaller than Connecticut in both size and population. And uh, it has no soccer history. It has no, there's no reason to hold it there, the, the World Cup there. There's no, um, um, there's no audience that we're going to suddenly um, uh, develop by holding the World Cup there. And um, what what you the, the other thing that's slightly obscured is that because it's across the other side of the world, we don't necessarily think uh, that the migrant workers are, um, are are of a different ethnicity. But there's also a great degree of racism against these uh, people from the Indian South con uh, subcontinent. Uh, and so so. No reason to be there. Human rights abuses, racism, sexism, uh, anti-LGBTQ legislation, uh, and a fossil fuel nation. So it doesn't seem to be... So for every individual, you have to draw a line. For me, there doesn't seem to be any reason at all for this to be there. And the number of, and the number of deaths was just the line that I had to draw here. Dan Friedman's opinion essay titled... Why I'm Boycotting the World Cup in Qatar and So Should You is in Howler magazine, an online magazine that features stories about soccer. Thank you so much for joining us and prompting this conversation and all our callers' thoughts. Thanks so much, Brian. <laughs> 
Brian Lehrer, a daily politics podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time.